under your butt. I'm quite surprised that a story had such an immediate and profound effect upon radio listeners. Hooey pleases the boobs a great deal more than sense. Woe is us! We're in a lot of trouble! In politics, man must learn to rise above principle. What the hell are we doing here? We are behaving the way a superpower ought to behave. Well, our behavior has produced some crappy results. What we're witnessing now is the failure of the state. It is a death struggle for our republic. Giving voice to liberty in our time. Joey Clark. Oh, hello, and welcome to the program. You're listening to the Joey Clark Radio Hour, so humbly named after myself. <laughs> and the show started off as uh, I'm going to be the libertarian savior, and I've uh, always considered myself an individualist, but I've learned if you want to learn about yourself and especially about others, you have to learn about all their influences. And so the show's kind of taken a turn away from politics towards music as folks who are listening know i always do a record of the day but on this big vinyl kick and the guys here in studio with me i'm happy to say the record of the day is not going to be played here digitally on our computer systems it's going to be here live joining me here is the band simo how you doing man hey and this is jd talking hi this is jd and we got a lot he's waving yes he's waving for those on radio <laughs> And Adam over there. I mean, if y'all want to perform in the nude, it's just fine. I mean, it's not... I don't have pants on. Oh, really? I can't catch you. The computer's cutting it off. We're halfway there. Okay. that's true. Nice, nice. It's so scandalous, I know. Well, and I was turned on to you guys by a guy named Jeff Cummings. Y'all are going to be playing tonight at the Blue Iguana in Prattville. And King B, his band's opening up. Y'all be following them. I'll be there. I'll definitely be there. Crawling out of my hermit hole. Now, for me, I want to ask you an initial question, mm-hmm. uh, because there were moments where it's almost like a road I didn't take. I didn't stay committed. I was too lazy or whatever. But I fell in love with playing guitar when I first saw, it's on the Zeppelin DVD, Jimmy Page opening up in Madison Square Garden in 73, and he's mm-hmm. opened with Since I've Been Loving You, mm-hmm. First Love. Then Prince was the next love. In college, it becomes Funkadelic. It becomes Parliament. It becomes... And the music just, like, stretches out to where music is just music. So, like, when you're creating or crafting a song, is there, like, a correct way to play music? Or do y'all just prefer to improvise, just go for it, see what comes up? Man, that's a good question. I don't think there is a necessary... Well, okay, put it this way. I I do think there's a correct way to make music. Mm -hmm. Um, because it begins with intent, I think. Um, you know, if you mean what you're, what you're creating, if you mean it for a, a good, a positive purpose in some way, then yeah, you know. I th- and I, th- I do think that sometimes music is not necessarily made in that. Um, I think that is kind of the minority in the world, but. Yeah. You know, it's a pretty broad spectrum, though, of what I would say is correct, though. And I love that uh, rock and roll played this trick on people. They offered it as a commodity, and then you found some incredible artistic work. Sometimes it goes too far in the commodity direction. Mm -hmm. I think now, don't they have producers or where they're actually like doing poll tested songs or they're pulling from all sorts of lyrical but, you know, things that hit that, yeah but i mean th- that stuff has existed since rock and roll began yeah. i mean you know they they were doing focus groups on stuff back in the 50s even um it, it, seriously so i mean it's there's a part of that that i think gets a little blown out of proportion sometimes yeah. you know because i think all of us it's you know i think uh we all uh 
suffer from the same thing. I, I, we, we talk about it all the time in that, you know, I think it's easier to kind of, once you start going down a negativity trip, it's harder to pull yourself out of it. Whereas yeah. like gratitude and positive, like it, it, uh, it definitely takes, I think a little more, more effort, at least for me. But, uh, the, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, it, I think that as long as the intent is correct, I think that, that that's, you know, the right thing, you know, but that's the beauty of all forms of art is that they, um, you know, at their barest, it's uh, it's something that really anyone can can do and enjoy for themselves, you know. Well, and I, I can't prove it, but I tend to think music preceded complex language. I think it brings people yeah, together. I would it's say this so. a very communal thing. So the new album is Rise and Shine by mm -hmm. Simo. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't want to just keep talking. Um, it's all good. I, I'd love for y'all, let's just get right into the music. What are you thinking of playing? Sure, sure. We'll do a song called Meditation from, uh, from the record, and it uh, goes like this.
Dynamo. <laughs> Damn, guys. Uh, it, it's just hitting the sweet spot because, I mean, I get frustrated. I get tired. It's all the divisions in politics, these tribal kind of enemies. Um, and, again, the albums rise and shine. And the message, uh, the two songs that really grab me are The Climb. I just love the jam uh-huh. and The Climb. It is The Climb. Um, but I pray. Mm-hmm. And you talk about pray for my enemies. Mm-hmm. I don't hear that often these days. <laughs> I don't. I, and maybe it's the folks I'm hanging around. But what inspired you to just essentially make a prayer that turns into a psychedelic rock jam? Well, it wasn't. It it didn't start as that way. It's it, it we. It was a couple of. It was a. It was a riff that um, was we wanted to do something with. And or two riffs, I don't remember. And uh, we. I think the chorus riff it w- was like happening, and yeah. then the other riff fell into place, and it was like, oh, okay, that's you know. Yeah, yeah the and was was yeah. And I and I just uh, like lyrically, I just didn't, you know, it's just what, it's just what hit me, you know. Yeah, okay. I didn't really, uh, I don't really uh, put a lot of, um, it. When I write words and stuff like that, and when I'm like kind of finishing a song, it, it it usually happens relatively quickly, and I don't really think about it that much. So it just seemed like the right thing to do, and and um, I wasn't in initially kind of inspired by anything in particular. It just it's what happened, you know. Absolutely, you're in the moment. It's kind of just being in the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. And I, it's it's probably a weird question. But uh, I've read other artists, other musicians over the years, but where do you think the music comes from? Because some people say, oh, it comes from me, but I've heard it's like the musician almost plays the shaman role. I don't, yeah, I don't think it comes from you. I don't yeah. think it comes from you at all. I, don't, I, I think that's a, a real selfish, egotistical statement, actually. Um, I think that you can refine your abilities to receive it, um, but it, I don't know where it comes from. It, uh, but I don't think it. I, I don't think it's not self-generated. Because if it was self-generated, it would be completely consistent, and you could be amazing every single time. Like you understand what I'm saying? Oh, like, absolutely. You know, I think that it's it's kind of almost like an athlete or, or or something like that, where it's if if you're in the right sound mind and body or not, um, it either it it comes and goes at will, and it's just up to you to receive it. You know, and I think that for me, at least, where I'm trying to work on the most in my life is just the, that level of gratitude for it. You know, that that I'm grateful that it does come, that it does come and channel. You know, well, it's it, an amazing feeling. It, and it makes what you're saying makes complete sense to me. Well, just the way y'all are describing how I pray came about. Mm-hmm. It comes about because we have these two riffs, and it's like, what's the first day that riff? started well yeah where did that come from it just came from somewhere it just happened it was actually i think something that we messed with a long time ago and just kind of no i remember it yeah and then you know nothing ever nothing ever came out of it and then six months later a year later whatever you know it's like oh wait a second how did cool yeah how did you guys end up meeting each other and start playing together start creating together that well i mean if actually jd and i have two different Perspectives, obviously, where he was in his life at the time and where I was. Yeah. But uh, the short version is um, a, the original bass player of this band and I had a band. And when the uh, guitarists moved to England, we wanted to keep jamming and knew of JD and he knew of us. And we jammed 
I was a really big fan of their band. It was, yeah, yeah, it was really cool, man. So we jammed, and then like JD actually was like, "Well, this is cool. The improv, the improvisation is cool, but you guys want to like write some songs and actually rehearse, and you know." Right. So that, from my end, that's how it happened. I know on his end, he was, you know, had a. I was pursuing trying to find something to be involved in because I was doing sessions and playing on people's records, and and it was a full time. I was, you know, I'd been doing it for several years, and. And I was really burnt out, and I was ready to do something else, and I didn't quite know what that was. So I was looking for something, and then randomly one day I got a, 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 a email from the, the the bass player he's talking about saying, would you like to get together? And and it was like, and I'd never met him before, you know. He was, it was just a random thing, and he, just, and he booked a gig for us, and we didn't meet or rehearse beforehand. We just showed up and improvised for several hours. And I'd never done that before, and it was just really freeing. And I really cool, yeah. Yeah, you know. And then actually, Alad, his connection to the band actually has a Montgomery connection oh, because wow. um, it was when we were because we were about to sign our record deal uh, two years ago or whatever, two and a half years ago, and and we had shuffled through lots of different third members of the band, and um, we needed like you know a full-time bro and and we were about to play with a bunch of different people and actually dylan right here who's our sound guy yeah um he we were in our hotel room here in montgomery and he i was and he actually gave me a lot's number to call and when we were here in montgomery and i called him and he was painting a room and then we jammed a few days later you know and then he joined the band and He's been here ever since. Awesome, awesome. And again, y'all are playing tonight at the Blue Gone in Prattville. Mm -hmm. uh, shows kicks off the King Bee at mm -hmm. 8, and then y'all go on Simo at 10. Mm -hmm. um, you know, talking about improvising, I just watched this uh, documentary on funk. Now, mm -hmm. James Brown, like, I, it was the Tammy Awards in the mid 60s. Yeah, like, it's a real famous show. Oh, man, huge. And I'd been told about it. I'm like, well, if it's famous, maybe it's just gained some mythology around it. the best footage ever of him Remarkable. with his best band. Yeah. And like the Rolling Stones had to open for them, and the Love and Spoonful were on that gig, and the Birds, and oh, I thought the Stones were the final act. Were they the final act? Yeah, and You're they said it was right. the worst mistake they ever made. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like going after James. Yeah, yeah, right. But it was it was a teen it was a teen music awards in in L A. Yeah, and yeah, James Brown. I mean, that footage is the the best footage that exists of James Brown. Well, and it's almost like every every instrument is an extension of James, but. It progressed to where uh, George Clinton starts poaching some of James' players because James was so demanding. It, what is it about improvising? That, that's what I always preferred when I played. Mm -hmm. And this, I mean, this is like a road I didn't take. Um, and I'd, I'd imagine the life isn't always glamorous. It isn't always uh, a blast. You're, you're going from city to city, but it, it's worth it at the end of the day because of the music. It's what you love. It should be. I mean, that's the... I mean. That's the end thing. Yeah. I mean, you know, if it's not, then you're not doing the right thing, you know, because it is. I mean, the the circumstances they they change, they change all the time, you know, and it's 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 difficult to like you know the variance of experience is 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 difficult to withstand sometimes because there's no sense of continuity, you know, really, you know, day to day uh, in any way, you know. Um, uh, but yeah, you know, I mean, it just it's th that's one of the main challenges if you're going to do it for if you're going to do it for a living and dedicate your life to it is um, is because you know it it everybody 
and myself included, we all like to think that we do it for the music, you know, but um, you're kind of tested of that often, right. you know, and you, you have to well, figure other, that out. Uh, there are other things that can tempt, I'm sure, on the road and being uh, like, I'm sure I love talking to, for instance, comedians who are always traveling. I've gotten mm-hmm. for some reason on this professional wrestling kick and <laughs> they're going from city to city. I'm wondering where have y'all been in the last few months and is there somewhere that's. You know, I'd imagine it's it's like okay, it's a hotel room, it's another venue, it's it can start to look the same. Well, it can, but that, what I'm saying is like you day to day, like what you're going to eat, the circumstances of like the daily schedule, what the venue is like, you know, all that kind of stuff. That's the thing. That's the stuff I'm kind of talking about. Is that it varies so much? It's just like what. You know, um, because it's there is a certain semblance. I don't know for me, at least, it, where you're when there is a semblance of continuity. I'm actually a lot more comfortable. You know, like when things are more similar day to day. Like I, I'm routine oriented in that manner. Not everybody's like that. You know. Now, how many of the like interviews, press things have you all done in the last few months? Um. Well, I mean, we it's 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 that's a tricky question because as a group, we've done we've done a handful, maybe a dozen yeah. or something. Okay. But like so often, it's phone interviews, uh, and I mean, I've done a couple hundred oh, in the last wow. few months. See, okay, now, the reason I asked that, and I should have led with this because maybe I'm guilty of it. But what's like the one question you get asked all the time? And you're like, I'm tired of answering that damn question. Oh. <laughs> I feel weird answering, but you know the. On our last record, I'll I'll tell you, but I mean, it, the, the, on our last album, we made our last album in Macon, Georgia, and um, um, they we did it at the Allman Brothers' old house, and they allowed me to use one of Dwayne's guitars, and people ask me about that still um, all the time, and I understand, like I, I understand, but at the same time, it's I don't re- it's I don't really have a good answer for it because. At the end of the day, I mean, yeah, sure, it's it, it's, it's awesome. an honor to get to use it, but it's you know, it's not the answer. If I'm truly going to be honest and give the the true honest answer, yeah. it's not the answer people are going to want, you know, because it's you know, it's a, it's an instrument, it's a it's a it's a tool, you know, and like it was a great honor, but after a few minutes, I mean, I was working, we were trying to get a record done, and so it's kind of like you know, it ceased to kind of be anything that glorified after a moment or two because then it's just about what I'm doing you know and that's what I'm thinking. and so and so that's that question I've gotten really tired of just because it's just it, it I've gotten asked it you know probably a thousand times you know oh and I hear you because uh like I said I'm and people are probably tired of me talking about this and I know some of my friends are I'm a huge diehard Prince fan mm-hmm. I saw one of his cloud guitars he played in the late yeah. 80s and I went for like 700 grand something yeah. ridiculous figure which I expected but I yeah. imagine if I got my hands on that guitar there'd be some magic then you realize again it is it's a guitar it's a tool it needs to be used and played yeah I mean it's up to you to do something with it you know right. I mean whether regardless of what it is regardless of what instrument it is you know and i think that that's what you know it's not and it's not it can be taken in two ways you can take it in a jaded direction or you can take take it in a direction that i prefer to which is slightly more positive in that it, what what being exposed to things like that has done for me because i've been really fortunate i've had the opportunity to 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 handle and 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 uh play lots and lots and lots of very historic very 
in some cases, incredibly famous instruments. And it just, what it's done for me is it's made them all into instruments to me. It, it actually gives me more appreciation for um, the people that they're tied to, you know, because that's their that was their hammer, you know, yeah. that they that they worked with day by day and it's 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 it, it's fascinating to me on that level but you know everyone wants to believe um that um you know that there's some magic and there is but it's not in a it's not in it's something that's a possession right. you know like to, magic is magic i do think exists but it's intangible it's not tied to an a person place or a thing it's 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 it's, it's something that's that we can't that we can't control or touch yeah, you know it goes beyond as we can tap into it a little bit yeah yeah know, it's spiritual it's you know absolutely um now well before we hit this break y'all want to do another song sure, sure. you want to do return yeah all right this is the first track from the record this is called return count it one two
forget until you stop to say that your light ain't shining like it's supposed to be. No, no. Simo. Oh, well, JD, Elon, and I'm terrible with names. Adam, you're the guy who texted me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, my goodness. Uh, yeah, I know. Uh, well, I'm yeah, offended. hopefully this isn't going to turn into Spinal Tap. Please do not implode. No. Me, sir. No, 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 not by any means. <laughs> well, we got to hit a quick break here. Cool. Coming back, uh, let's, more music. We got to do just more music. That's here it. We go. Oh, welcome back. This isn't my usual thing. I usually open up with some music. It's a <laughs> vinyl of the day or something like that. No, and I've gotten on this big vinyl kick. I don't know what's happening to me, but I love it. And I'm definitely getting... I've been streaming Rise and Shine, mm -hmm. but I'm def, I've checked out y'all's website. I was like, yeah, y'all have it pressed. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, get at the show tonight. Yeah, I'm at the show tonight. Oh, yeah. oh well, I'm definitely yeah. picking that up. No, it sounds really good, actually. They did a good job. Who uh, pressed it for? Is it a more of a, a big... Yeah, because our label has a has a uh, has a deal with a with a bigger manufacturer, yeah. so they're actually they're made. Um, I think they're press out in California, actually, at one of the big pressing plants out there. Well, it's been so much fun for me because people will, I'll talk about it on air, and people bring me a stack of, with all this mm -hmm. dust on it, and I I'll look through things and go, I've never like Johnny Taylor, old soul artist. Oh yeah, yeah, from oh, Stacks. Man, and then He's making love, and that makes me go, let me watch Watt Stacks. Yeah, you know, a few years oh, after, yeah. and oh, okay. now you're talking our language, yeah, and that's uh, our that's one of our movies. Really? Oh yeah, we watch that all the time. Or I do. I mean, I've forced them to watch it, great. but yeah, it's There's nothing forced there. No, yeah, that thing. It's just that's a great. That's a really great representation of a lot of great music. Well, and the two that jump out of me are the uh, the Staple Singer set, mm -hmm. oh. which they weren't supposed to be there, by the way. Like, I know uh, that. well, because Watt Stacks obviously it took them a long time to plan Watt Stacks, and for people listening that don't that don't know, in. Uh, uh, when Stacks in in Memphis, which obviously was Otis Redding and and Sam and Dave and Booker T and the MGs and Rufus Thomas and all those big records in the '60s, it, they almost went bankrupt in the late '60s because Otis Redding died and Atlantic Records in New York pulled a bunch of the funding away from Stacks. Um, there was a huge disagreement that they had that almost that almost ended Stacks mm -hmm. and. Um, but Stax chose to rebuild, and they signed all these new artists. And Isaac Hayes, who had been a writer and uh, a session musician, uh, released Hot Buttered Soul, which became this hugely successful record. And as a result of that, they signed Johnny Taylor and signed uh, a, a slew of other artists that became hugely, hugely successful. And they helped bankroll Shaft, which obviously won an Academy Award and was hugely successful. And so anyway, they had this this idea to do this big show in Watts um, as a benefit. And um, 
100,000 people showed up, and it was this gala all-star of basically all their talent, from Albert King and the Staples Singers, Isaac Hayes, Johnny Taylor, Luther Ingram. Uh, it was an incredible concert. Richard Pryor was the, yeah. was the, was the MC, And... Um, Anyway, but yeah, the Staples Singers couldn't. Uh, they were uh, contracted to play at Caesar's Palace in Las Vegas, and and uh, they had a last minute cancellation because um, they were opening for uh, they were they were opening for BB King, and BB got sick, so they happened to be free on the day, and so they actually flew them out. So the footage in the movie wow. of them going to the air go, coming from the airport is because they actually flew in like an hour before they're set from Las Vegas because it was la that last minute. And yeah. that's also why they played during the day because obviously they were one of the biggest acts on the roster and normally they would have been later in the show. Sure. But uh, they, they sandwiched them right in, yeah. Well, and I love that whole set where they met MLK a few miles from where we're sitting today yeah. um, down Dexter Avenue and they're like, mm -hmm. well, we got to start doing the Freedom songs. And mm -hmm. uh, then also the other set that jumps out at me is the Barquets. Oh, God. Which we're going to be with some of the members of them tomorrow. Really? Memphis, yeah, because we're playing the, the big 60th anniversary show at the Orpheum Theater in Memphis uh, celebrating Royal Studios, which is the last great, truly Memphis historic recording studio that Willie Mitchell, who was a really important figure in Memphis, um, who helped stacks get going and a lot of others and he ended up producing um, and writing for Al Green later on he produced all those huge hits for Al Green Let's Stay Together and and Love and Happiness and all that um, but uh, yeah we're playing tomorrow night and some of the barquets are, are actually awesome. on the bill and we're freaking out because we get because that's that's our we listen to that stuff every day oh yeah listen yeah. to Son of Shaft all Son of Shaft oh. I'm the son of a band <laughs> oh it's so good <laughs> yeah, yeah, need the wah pedal in here. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, now we play another song off the record. Mm -hmm. Sure. And again, folks, go to Blue Iguana tonight in Prattville. Simo yeah, will be there. King B is opening up. They, Jeff asked me to announce, like the y'all oh. coming on. I've never done that before. Just. Hey man, just like hey, what's out. up? We're hanging out. Well, I don't want to be the guy in Purple Rain, ladies and gentlemen. The <laughs> you can be; it's fine. Yeah, I'll, I'll know what you're. I know what you're copping. So yeah, I can dig it. <laughs> so we could do a song off the record, but would y'all want to do kind of a an a more. jam or? We can do one more tune. Do another um, tune. We'll do "I Want Love" um, oh, from I, the record. I love that one. And um, it goes like this. Y'all ready?
wasn't ever any good But I want love now And I need love I'm lonely, I want you I'm sitting up here almost speechless, and I'm supposed to be a talk show host. Uh, this is awesome, guys. <laughs> Thanks, this man. is uh, uh, spectacular and um, really speaks to me because music is what centers me. I've had a, the last two years for me has been uh, very tragic. Yeah, I try to look on the bright side of things. I've gone through my cynical phase, um, but music is what got me through a lot of tough times. I've talked openly about it on air. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom passed away two years ago from brain cancer. And and there's things that um, you don't understand until you experience a, a profound loss or mm-hmm. something in that regard. And one of the, I think, silver linings of that loss is certain pieces of music sure. start to speak to you, like certain uh, classical pieces. I'm thinking of like Tristan and Isolde. Sure. I don't know, it wasn't like heartbreak, but it was uh, it was a deeper, more profound type of heartbreak. And do you think 
what I find so beautiful about music is you can take something that's painful in your own life, mm-hmm. and it makes you, you can create something beautiful out of it. I, and I've been very straightforward with folks. The reason I first picked up a guitar, I could say Jimmy Page, I could say Prince, I could say all these influences. But honestly, at my house, there was a lot of yelling. And you could hear it downstairs. You could hear it in the garage underneath me when I moved back from college. I'm like, I gotta get the hell out of here. And uh, there's something about when you picked up the car, sound made sense again. It wasn't like, oh, people are just screaming across the house, using their voices for that pain and hurt. It was... I can really relate to that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I can relate to that. Good. Um, I, I'm not trying to pry. Uh, no, 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 no. But I think that... Um, it is. I mean, we all have our own forms of escape, you know. And music, fortunately, is a positive one, you know, because obviously there there's there's drugs and alcohol and 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 sex and and uh, lots of other destructive paths of distraction that give you even chemically the same, you know, an endorphin rush that makes you feel, that it alters the state that you're in. And music, much like people who are into movies or people who love to read or anything you know it's that's the positive that's a positive distraction that's a that that's you know i guess you could say a positive addiction because it alters the state that you're in but it doesn't hurt you or hurt another person and um and that's a huge gift you know to us as human beings you know music you know that's that's a huge thing to be grateful for you know and it's you know even though i you know play music you know i'm just as much of a of a fan of music now as i was when i was a little kid because for me it started as just being a fan you know i mean i played music second you know like i was obsessed with music first i think we all are kind of i think you know where it's like it gives it gives you that sense of uh gives you that sense of relief it gives you the sense of distraction and it makes you forget about the state that you're in whether it's good or bad um you know and then some of us take it to another another place of wanting to actually be part of it which is another type of experience well i fell into a trap it's actually something um quincy jones talked Mm -hmm. about when he was talking about prince he said i'm worried there's going to be a generation of young people with all the new technology Mm -hmm. who can do the whole band themselves who never leave their room well yeah that's that's i mean because that's that's the hard thing is i mean and I think that if if I was going to soapbox at all, um, it would be that you have to, like JMO from the Allman Brothers had a really good statement about, he's like, I can be in a room alone with my friends and make the greatest music you ever heard, and it means something to me. But it means more when you go out of that room and you share it with other people. But that's really difficult because now you now you open yourself up to not everybody's going to like it, right. you know. Not everybody's going to think it's great, and that's really difficult, you know, to to get to that place. And I think that we are more accustomed to entitlement, praise, and feeling that we are like that a, a false sense of self, a false sense of of. Uh, of firmly grasping who and what we are and standing on our own two feet because of the way we subsidize our own inner feelings and our happiness, our joy and all that stuff with 
a false sense of it, and I'm holding up my iPhone, mm. meaning that, you know, if we stay within our bubble and we kind of siphon off some semblance of joy or some semblance of feeling that we've done something good or something, you know, it, 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 but it's not, it's not real though. Like you have to actually get out and interact with people and that's difficult and it's always been difficult, but I think that's becoming tougher and tougher and it definitely messes with your ability to have, you know, to have a strong constitution to be able to take criticism, to be able to take, uh, to deal with self-doubt. I think that, that, that that's maybe potentially getting worse as a result of, of the way things are. Well, and I find that uh, profound because I really have been a hermit because of reasons I described earlier, and I'm sure. starting to get out, like going to the Blue Iguana tonight <laughs> at 8. That's weird to take my pain and loss and make a promo out of it. That's it's odd. All that's, <laughs> that's odd. Why would I do that? Why it's all good. It's all good. Why, but, uh, yeah, it's getting out there. There's a difference between it's like when I write an essay, I can some essays just pop out. Sometimes I slave over it, and mm-hmm. after I'm done with say a 2,500 word essay, I'm I'm sick and tired of it. But there's a big difference between would you or would you not agree between creating and hearing the own thing you create, and then when you listen. Like, it's a very different experience from listening to something somebody else has created. At least, that's oh, what yeah, I'm told. yeah, because I, I don't think that it's possible for someone to truly have, like, a third-party perspective within themselves of something that they've had a hand in. I don't think that's fully possible. Um, I think that there's ways that you can, you know, over time, I think that you can develop some semblance of a, of, a, of objectivity, but I don't think that it's... I don't think that it's completely possible, you know, um, which is why it's important to have um, some trusted people yeah. to go to for advice when you when you need it that way. Well, and know? critical advice is hard to find because you either get folks to say you suck or you're amazing. Well, yeah, because as I've said to certain people in my life, I mean, like, there's a difference between nitpicking, which we all are are guilty of. Oh, yeah. And actual real constructive criticism where it's like, you know, this could be, if this was, if this one area was, was dealt with, it would improve something significantly. And there is, there's a difference. And again, it has to do with positive versus negative, you know, whereas like constructive criticism means you like a lot of what's going on or you like enough of it to be like, well, you know, this one thing is bothering me or this one thing is distracting or something. And so if you dealt with that, I would enjoy it more. Whereas nitpicking is just... Is just uh, complaining, I you know, which agree. which serves nothing. I think that that can often come from a place of envy or wherever it comes from. Oh yeah, and I mean, you know, I'm, you know, I'm a very guilty man, so you oh, know, well. I need to listen to my. Yeah, exactly. Now we're gonna go have some fun. Yeah. We're Come being all serious right now. Yeah, I you? know. I tend to do this. It's, I, right. it's like I've done it since I was a kid. I get into these weird existential conversations about. No, and it's fine. It's cool, man. There's not enough of that, in my opinion. Awesome. It's, you know, it's it's all it's. Hey, I was recording a film about something. We've actually had a real conversation. Well, that that's what I shoot for here: uh, private conversations in public, mm-hmm. um, as much as possible. <laughs> as much as possible. I uh, like it. Some conversations, the FCC, I'm mm-hmm. trying not to scream in front of you guys, the FCC doesn't allow me. Uh, but y'all, I, I think I read, y'all encourage folks go out to the Blue Iguana at night. Mm-hmm. It kicks off with King B at 8, to Simo uh, at 10. And y'all encourage folks to f- film it, post it. Y'all yeah. are all about that. Yeah. 
no worries. Yeah, no. You can do whatever you want. Share the love. Yeah. Awesome. I love it. Mm-hmm. True spirit of the Grateful Dead. Record it. Share it. Pass the tapes around. Whatever. Whatever like you want to do. Mm-hmm. I like that. Well. Instagram it all you want. Well, JD, Elon, Adam, thank y'all, and Dylan. I didn't forget you, Dylan. Aww. Thank you all so much for being here. It's been a blast. Uh, This has been uh, spectacular, and I'll see you all over the Blue Iguana. Sounds great, man. We'll see you in a little bit. Again, folks, this has been the Joey Clark Radio Hour, and thank you so much again uh, to Simo. Join me again on Monday. Mondays with Troy reconnected with an old best friend, old college roommate. Those shows, Mondays with Troy, could really be called, if you didn't pick up on it, uh, truth and nonsense. We tell true stories, and then we sprinkle in completely made-up crap in the middle of it. So let's see if you can tell the difference between the two. I do remember that time with Ovaltine Jenkins, though. That guy, he could really feed a swan. Like, he'd take out a whole loaf of... I'm... Look at what I'm doing. Look what you're doing. You're going for it. I'm already already done. I'm running over time.